remain standing. Psalms 127. You know, this morning I'm not speaking about the incoming of our king on a donkey. I'm not speaking about the Hosanna or the Palm Sunday, but uh, I want you to know that as you study the scriptures, many people believe that the same people that um, said Hosanna in the highest the very next week or within that same week said crucify him as well. So I pray that this morning that we would not, we would learn that lesson and say, you know what, I don't want to be the one that praises God and then just a few days later curses him. But that we would have a heart to say, God, I want to give you everything. Not a little bit, but everything. Psalms 127 verse 1. It reads, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Let's all read that together, shall we? Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. One more time. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Now you read it. Go ahead. Unless. Turn to the person next to you say, you are under construction. Then you may be seated. Real excited this morning about what's going to be happening and taking place all day today, but I'm real excited about the end of the message. It's always great as the preacher to know the end of the message. It's a big part of it, and I'm excited about it. So in a little bit, if I get a little excited, then uh, forgive me. Amen. But I don't know about you, but I, you know, I was just always taught, you know, uh, whenever you're passionate about something, it shows. For those of you that are married, if you're passionate about your wife, it shows. Those aren't flowers, that's called passion. You know, that's not a kiss, that's called passion. You know, that it just, it shows. And for those of you that are Christians, whenever you lift your hands, it's not lifting your hands, it's called passion. Whenever you say amen, those aren't just words, it's called passion. We're all under construction. Turn to the person next to you, say, we're all under construction. Say it real loud, say, we're all under construction. There was a man who reeked of alcohol and he flopped onto a subway seat right next to a priest. The man's tie was stained, his face was plastered with red lipstick, and a half-empty bottle of rum was sticking out of his ripped jacket pocket. He opened his newspaper and he started reading. After a few minutes, the scruffy guy turned to the priest and asked, Say, Father... Do you know what causes arthritis? The priest, disgusted with the man's appearance and behavior, snapped him and it said, and he said, it's caused by loose living, being with cheap, wicked women, too much alcohol, and a contempt for your fellow man. Well, I'll be, the man muttered, and returned back to his newspaper. The priest, thinking about what he had said, he nudged the man and he apologized. He said, I'm sorry to have come on so strong. I, I didn't mean it. How long have you been suffering from arthritis? 
Man says, I don't have it, Father. I was just reading here that the Pope has arthritis. We're all under construction, every single one of us, including the Pope. All of us. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And for every one of us that God has a plan for, then that means that we must go under his construction for that plan. And if you've been here these past couple of weeks, you've been studying about a man who has had his life under construction since a young boy. For the past few weeks, we've been taking a look at the life of this man who's been constructed on purpose for a purpose. He went from the shepherd's field to the battlefield all the way to the royal palace. This man was the man by the name of David. We talked about David a few weeks ago being a shepherd, being on the shepherd's field. Last week and even today, we're going to be talking about David as a soldier. And in a few weeks later, right after Easter, I'll be in concluding this series talking about David as a king. All of it being under construction. A few weeks ago, we talked about how David was just a teenager. And as a shepherd boy, as a shepherd boy, he walked into this house still smelling like sheep. He came straight off of the fields of being a shepherd. And then all of a sudden, an old man walks over to him and anoints his head with oil. Now, this kind of happening doesn't take place every day within a young man's life. But for some reason, it took place within this man, young man, David. Now, what did David do as soon as he found out he was going to be the next king? As we read the scriptures, we found out about how David actually went back to tending the sheep. He went back to the shepherd's field. He went back to being under construction. So many times, even as men and women in, in church, and when we uh, come and we become a part, we feel, God has anointed me. We think, okay, God is done with me. No, my friend, just because he's anointed you doesn't mean he's done with you. Listen, I don't know about you, but even as a young man, I got saved at a young age. I got saved when I was 15 years old. I'll never forget the message that was being preached by Pastor Saul Garcia, uh, Pastor Saul Garcia there in Rosa, uh, Rosarito Beach, Mexico. And he was talking about keep your helmet on and always change your socks. I'll never forget that message. Always keep your helmet on and always change your socks. Now, for those of you that are saying, well, what does that have to do with anything? That, that was a soldier message. He was a Vietnam uh, War vet. He was in the Marine Corps, and he was talking about how, how pillars and men in the church need to be a, a strong man that always keeps their helmet on. Because if you, don't, if you take your helmet off during battle, friendly fire can kill you. So, oh, I remember that. And he says, always change your socks because in battle, you're always walking, and you're always moving, and you're always going through swamps. And he said, you need to change your socks because if you don't change your socks, you can develop blisters, you can develop uh, fungus, you can develop different things on your feet. And you're no good if you can't walk in the battle. You're no good to your fellow man. So I'll never forget that. And I got saved at a message just like that, being a soldier in God's army. And I said, God, whatever you want to do, do it within my life. Well, guess what? He's, he wasn't done with me at 16. He wasn't done with me at 18. He wasn't done with me at 24. He was not done with me at 30. And he's still not done with me right now at this age. God constantly has me under construction. Why? Because I believe he has, a, he has a purpose for my life. And if he has a purpose for my life, my friend, I know he has a purpose for your life. Don't think right now that, oh, man, I'm already 50 years old. I'm 60 years old. I'm already done with. No, Caleb even said, man, I am stronger now. I am more passionate and bigger now. In this age, I'm 80 years old, and I'm ready to fight the battle. 
Some of you right now, even though you're up in age, you can't figure, well, I'm experienced. I'm done with. No, God still has a plan for your life. Don't ever think for a second that, oh, well, the enemy, he robbed all those years. Yes, he did rob all those years from you. But right now, we're going to talk about it later on. We're going to take back what the enemy stole. I don't know about some of you, but right now, I know that many of you, the enemy stole a lot of things from you. Some of you, he stole your youth. Some of you, you didn't even, we talk about it a lot. Some of you, you didn't even graduate high school. You don't even know what high school is. We talk about it a lot. Man, I don't even know what that was. All I did was get high. All I did was skip out. So, see what the enemy did? He just had you skip out on everything. Skipped out on class. Skipped out on this. And so now all of a sudden when a battle comes your way, you're used to doing that. Well, I'll just skip out. No, my friend, don't skip it. Go through it. There's a plan for your life. Tell your neighbor, don't skip it. See, we also talked about before you go into the battlefield, you must first spend time in the shepherd's field. Before you see blood in battle, you must first be covered in his blood. I want to tell you something. The, the battlefield, it gets a little bloody. The battlefield, you start seeing things that you've never seen before. And if you have not spent time in the shepherd's field, it'll mess you up. Your stomach gets a little, ooh, I've never, ooh, I've never done that before. I've never seen this before. Ooh, I've, I've never had people talk about, like, ooh, I've never had that before. You know, I, I've heard a lot being involved in church for a number of years. Uh, I always hear this a lot. I hear it a lot. When, when people start going through it in church, and they're really going through it, like, man, people talking about me, people talking about me. And this comes out a lot. They say, man, I had it better out in the world. People didn't even talk about me as much in the world. Right? You ever heard that before? Man, I had better friends in the world. That's because your friends never battled with you. They never went to war with you. I mean, they were around you, but they weren't with you. There's a big difference. See, there's a difference between a civilian and a soldier. A soldier is with you. A civilian, they're just like, hey, how you doing? You okay? Good. Good to see you. All right. But a soldier is right there with you. And sometimes, even in church, yes, in church, it gets a little bloody. There's a battlefield. Even right now, there is a battle in your mind. There is a battle going on right now. Should I listen to this preacher or not? I'm really looking forward to a carne asada burrito. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Maybe I should get some guacamole with it. I don't know. I better have a good server. Because if I don't have a good server, she's not getting a good tip. Hmm. One, you see how it's real easy? Because the mind is just, because it's real easy to go this way. It's real easy to go that way. It's very easy. But in a battle, you got to stay focused. Tell your neighbor, Focus. See, we also talked about how in the Valley of Elah, how it was a big canyon, and about how the Philistines were on one side and the Israelites were on another side, and right in the middle was the battle. And the battle was going on, and there was this Goliath that the Bible talks about in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and it described him as a champion. And as this champion, what he would do is he would call out. How they would do battle was it wasn't the whole army against this whole army. It was actually they just wanted to play around. See, the Philistines thought they were so good, thought they were so cool. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give you an opportunity. We're actually just going to send out one guy. And you send out one guy. You remember those battles? 
right? You ever remember those battles? I don't know if you ever had those before. I remember those fights when I was younger. We're like, yeah, we're all going to get, okay, you go fight him. All right, yeah, here go. I would just watch them fight, you know, like, yeah. No, no, leave him alone, leave him alone. Just let them fight, let them fight. No, get out of there, right? And if somebody jumped in, then, of course, you got to jump in. But first, you know, just let them fight. Just let them go at it. That's really what was happening. The Philistines, okay, you and Israel, okay, you. And let's see, one-on-one, just go for it. Nobody else, nobody else, one-on-one. And so Goliath, here comes Goliath, like, yeah, that's right. Your God ain't nothing but a weak pansy. Your God is whack. There ain't no such thing. You don't have a God. That's what basically what he was doing. Actually, the Bible says that he was cursing Israel's God. That's what he was doing. He's cursing it. No such thing. That can't happen. It's not going to take place. And the Bible says that the Israelites were scared. Very scared. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when they heard Goliath's voice, they trembled. See, this battle was a battle of words that was taking place. And young David actually was not even given the ranks of a soldier. He was actually given the task of being an errand boy. That's what David was. He was just an errand. He wasn't a soldier yet. He was just an errand boy. But my favorite scripture in all the Bible turned an errand boy into a soldier. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, he talks about it. He says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And last week we talked about that, having heart. How many here this morning, you got heart? Come on, how many have heart this morning? See, and then we talked about even David, how he went and he told Saul, he says, I fought a lion and I fought a bear. See, David remembered his victories. Some of you here this morning, you got to remember your victories. So often when we face our very own giants, we forget what we ought to remember and we remember what we ought to forget. A lot of times we remember our defeats and we forget the victories. Most of us can recite the failures of our lives in vivid detail, but we're hard-pressed to name the specific remarkable victories God has pulled off on our past. This morning I want to tell you, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. There's a story of a survivor, an only survivor of a shipwreck who was washed up on a small uninhabited island. He prayed fervently for God to rescue him. Every day he scanned the horizon for help, but none seemed coming. Exhausted, he eventually managed to build a little hut out of driftwood to protect himself from the elements and to store a few possessions. One day, after scavenging for food, he arrived home to find his little hut in flames with smoke rolling up to the sky. He felt the worst had happened and everything was lost. He was stunned with disbelief, with grief, and even anger. He cried out, God, how could you do this to me? Early the next day, he awakened by the, second, by the sound of a ship approaching the island. It had come to rescue him. How did you know I was here, asked the weary man of his rescuers. They said, we saw your smoke signal. See, many times it's easy to get discouraged when things are going bad. But we shouldn't lose heart because God is at work in our lives. Even in the midst of pain and even in the midst of suffering. Remember that the next time your little hut seems to be burning to the ground, it just may be a smoke signal that summons the grace of God. 
See, a lot of times we think, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Listen, my friend, it's just maybe a smoke signal saying, okay, that's where my grace needs to go. That's where my power needs to go. Now where you are weak, he is strong. Don't lose heart. Some of you right now, you're losing heart. The one thing that I love about this church that I could say that, man, we have people that they travel from all over the Bay Area. Now, for those of you that drive from far, I just drive from A Street. That's nothing. I, can, I practically walk here. That's nothing. But for some of you, you drive early in the morning, and don't lie, right? You wake up and you go, man, I'm going to drive far. I don't know if I could drive this early in the morning right now. Not to church, right? It gets a little hard. You're like, oh, I don't, oh, man. I, oh, man. But you got here. But you're here. You've summoned the grace of God. You said, okay, God, I, I may not have it all together, but I need to go. I need to get connected to your power. I know my little hut may seem like it's not all that much, but God, I need your power. I need your strength. Can I hear an amen? Now here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38, let's read this together. Just read a few verses, and we're going to see about who's in this battle, and then we're going to conclude. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. So here we see a war, a battle that is about to take place. I like what Bertrand Russell said. He said, war does not determine who is right, only who is left. War does not determine who is right, only who is left. Who is left. In verse 32, we read the speech that David gives to Saul. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, he said. And then we see how King Saul gives David his very own personal armor. He didn't want David to go out there seemingly unprepared. So what did he do? He gave David his armor. See, what works for one person may not necessarily work for someone else. See, some of you here this morning, you cannot take on the pastor's armor. You need yours. You need your very own. Some of you young people, listen to me, young people, even though you're 15, 16 years old, you're hearing the word of God. You're hearing this 17, 17 years old. You're hearing the call of God. But listen to me. Don't go on your parents' tunic. Don't go off on your parents. Well, my parents bring me to church. That's how I go to church. My parents are okay with that. Even some of you, even that you're, you're here maybe years later, but many, many years ago, your parents probably brought you to church. Your parents probably took you to church, and you were like, yeah, I'll go to church as long as my parents take me. See, some of you here this morning, you need to get your own armor. You need to get prepared for your own battle. Just don't take it and say, okay, I'm going to get this Bible, and okay, pastor, you give it to me. No, some of you, you need your own word. You need your own personal thing. I, I want you to know something. This is not a dust collector. This shouldn't be just another book on the shelf. I love that one movie, Book of Eli. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was awesome all the way until the last 30 seconds of the movie. 
I go, man, this is a, this is a bad movie. I like it. You know, I'm kind of into that. Ooh, he was blind. I figured it out before that. I had already figured that out. I liked it, too. I was like, yeah, it was cool. It was great. Oh, great movie. But then at the very end of the movie, the guy takes the Bible because everybody's gone. Everybody's dead. The only thing that matters is all about books. That was what the whole movie was about, a book of Eli. It was actually the Bible. And this guy, gives it, he, he memorized the whole Bible from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations. The very, I mean, the, that's what the whole movie was about. So all of a sudden, he gets it. He writes, the guy uh, listens to him. He sits down, and he says, okay, give me the Bible. And he starts writing it out. He writes the whole thing out. And then finally, you know, it's the, the end of times, the end of war. Everything is done. Nobody's there. It's just a book. So he gets the book, and then he puts it right next to the library. He puts it right next to the, the Quran. Puts it right next to the, uh, you know, the, the Book of Mormon. Puts it all right next to that. I go, man, it's a great movie. All up until that. He said, go, this thing changed my life. This thing has been a personal, personal sword in my battle. It's a personal thing. See, some of you right now, you hear all these stories and you hear these different ones that come up here and you go, man, that, that's great for them. Oh, man, I heard Brother Art, he had that. Oh, Brother Sal, oh, Princessa, oh, she had that. Man, and you're hearing all this stuff about the 90-day challenge, but some of you, you got to get your own personal word. It's a personal thing. You've got to get your own thing. See, Saul, he tried to give it to David said, here, put my armor on. And David said, I can't do that. This ain't going to work for me. See, because the reason why David was able to recognize it is because he was in the shepherd field and he knew that, hey, this stuff ain't going to work. Not for the kind of battle that I get, that I've got. Not for the kind of battle that God has given me. See, we're always trying our armor on someone else or to put it on someone on put on someone else's armor but that's not the way to do battle see many times see here this morning and one thing that I've learned I will not preach on you my convictions and tell you you better have them or you're going to hell no no way I can't do that as your pastor as a a, a person as your leader I, I can't do that I could tell you what my convictions are I could share them with you but I want to tell you something don't let my convictions be your battle armor it's going to be very scary for you because when you go to work and you go out there and you start sharing and people say, oh, well, why do you do that? You're going to, I don't know. I have no idea. The pastor does it. That's why I do it. The pastor says it. That's why. No, no, no. You need to have it on you, your own personal, a personal. See, God gives unique techniques for unique people. Very unique. And that's why David, what did he have? He had a sling. Who takes a sling to a battle? Who does that? Like, what, what in the world is that? Why would you take a sling to a battle? Because God gives unique techniques for unique people. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but I, I can almost guarantee you, the person sitting next to you is pretty unique. Some of you wanted to say amen real loud on that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're unique. But God has given you a unique calling for a unique reason. For some reason... You're here in this church on this day listening to this message. God has a purpose for that. For some reason, God has you right there in that home. You could be anywhere else, but God has you here. For some reason, God has you in that marriage. God has you with those children. Man, oh, man I wish I had different parents. Do you, did you ever used to say that? 
I used to say that all the time. Man, I wish I had different parents. Give me someone, anybody else. Give me her, give me him. Just, God, I hate these parents. Little did I know that God had a unique calling and a unique purpose for my life. God has a unique reason and a unique purpose just for you. You're unique. Somebody say, I'm unique. See, apparently a huge sword was not what David needed. All he needed was a rock. That's all he needed. Five smooth rocks. I don't know how many of you have ever been hit by a rock before. Anybody ever been hit by a rock before? This thing hurts. I'm not even talking the big ones. I'm talking the small ones. I remember one time we were out on the, uh, on the lake, you know, having a good time. You know, we, we used to like to do it here. Anybody ever skip rocks? Right? But you go around and you look for the smooth rocks, right? Because the smooth ones are, you can even hear the zing. You can hear it. I remember we used to go out there, we used to play. And I remember one time we were just throwing around, throwing some rocks, having a good time. And then, you know, we were done throwing rocks. And then I went out there. And I went there, I just start swimming in the lake. And somebody comes up. And I'm out there a little ways. And one guy goes, hey, look at it. Check this out. I'm like, dude, I'm in the water. Chill out. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to hit you. I'm like, dude, let me, let me move. Let me move. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to hit you. I'm like, dude, let me move. He's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm not going to hit you. Guess what he did? He hit me. That thing hurts. That hurts. Oh, my gosh. That, and it's a little thing. It was little. It was very small. But little things can accomplish big victories. Little happenings can accomplish big things. See, David's unique understanding of his techniques in the shepherd's field helped him for battle. His experiences taught him how important the shape and size and uniformity were able were to achieve accuracy with just a sling. See, this sling was a typical equipment of a shepherd. It was a hollow pocket of, le of leather attached with two cords. Slingers were actually a regular part of the armies in the ancient Middle East. This technique, if given to the right warrior, was just as strong as a bullet from a gun. See, David stood tall, not with weapons of mass destruction, but he stood tall with trust in his God and courage of a call. That's all he had, trust in his God and the courage in the call that his God had given him. Some of you here this morning, you may not have much, but what you have, stand tall and stand firm in the call that God has given you. Have courage. When it comes to having this kind of courage, this is what David just stepped right out in. There's a story of a, there's an oriental legend, a story which tells of a barbarian chieftain who thought to honor Alexander the Great by giving him three noble dogs of matchless courage. Shortly after the chieftain had gone, Alexander decided to test the dogs. He had a bull brought before them, but the dogs only yawned and went to sleep. Then he had a deer and an antelope put into the park with them, but the dogs were not interested. Alexander, certain that the dogs were worthless, had them killed. A few days later, the chieftain returned to ask about his favorites. When he was told what had been done to them, he cried, Oh, Alexander, you are a great king, but you are a very foolish man. You showed them a bull and a deer and an antelope, and they paid no attention. 
But if you had turned a lion and a tiger loose on them, you would have seen the brave dogs I have given you. You see, it is danger that brings forth courage. You don't need courage to stand in the midst of blessings, goodness, and greatness. See, some of you right now, you're going through some tough times. Some of you right now, you're going through some, uh, some places where, man, I feel like I'm going through a battle. That's the only place where we can see if courage is real. That's the only place. And here this morning, I don't know about you, but there has to be a little bit of courage that has to rise up in you. I know you may not have all the strength. I know you may not have all the, the know-how, but my friend, all you need is just a little bit of courage. I know the giant looks big, but all you need is just a little stone and a little bit of courage. See, it was danger of death that displayed the courage of the three Hebrew boys. All threats and all danger could not make them bow down before an idol. It was danger that showed the courage of Daniel in the pit of lions. No power on earth could stop him from praying unto God. It was danger that showed the courage of Paul, the missionary. He didn't flinch from any adversary or any difficulty. See, my friend, when it comes to danger and when it comes to being on the battlefield, listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want a five-star hotel. I need a five-rock soldier. That's what I need. See, a lot of people many times, they want it easy. Listen, when it comes to battle, I don't want an easy battle. I want a soldier that I know that is willing to pick up five smooth stones and fight right there with me. That's me right there, side to side. I'm not looking for the one that's got the biggest gun. I'm looking for the one that's got the biggest hearts. That's what I'm looking for. That's what God is looking for. Say, man, I want the, the, the man or woman that's willing to step out when everyone's going and stepping back. I want that kind of man. I want that kind of woman. The one that doesn't shriek back in the midst of all, I can't handle this. I don't have that much. I don't got that much education. But God says, you know what? I have given you all the techniques. I have given you everything that you need. All I want you to do is step into the valley. Step into the valley. Some of you right now, you're about to go into a valley. Say, man, I don't know if I can do this. Step out into the valley. Tell your neighbor, step out. See, danger reveals weakness or even strength. King Saul was a big, strong, husky sample of a man, and he was head and shoulders above his fellow Israelites. He could brag and he could boast, but his life was not in danger. But in the face of Goliath, he began to shake like a leaf in the wind. See, Saul should have remembered God's power and gone forth to fight the giant himself. His name might have been recorded with the greats of the ages. He should have been remembered like the great heroes of the faith, Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Samson, Noah, Peter, Paul, Stephen, James, the disciples. But no, instead of being a man of courage, he was actually a king who was a coward. He sat down and permitted a boy to fight in his place. This king, who was probably should have been the one to fight the battle, actually became a coward. So now we see David picking a fight with one of the largest men ever recorded in history. David stands before this creature unintimidated. Psalms chapter 23 verse 4, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of I will fear no evil for you are with me. I like this a lot because I parallel this verse of Psalms chapter 23 to the fight that David had 
in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Now, it, it, as we study the scriptures and we see how big, uh, you know, uh, Goliath was, he casted a very large shadow. Matter of fact, the Bible says that they were in the valley. So there was the hills and it would very easily be a huge shadow that was cast right there. But see, later on, David realizes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no See, your song of tomorrow is being written in your battle of today. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you, you need to start singing right now. You need to start singing even in the midst of you. You're writing your song even right now. Even right now, man, even though my family is talking about me, I'm going to fight it. Even though I can't sing, but I'm trying right now. Even though I don't have all the finances, God, I know that you are going to provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. Some of you right now, you're in a battle, but you're writing your song. Your song is being written right now. History of tomorrow is being written today. And the techniques of yesterday are being applied right now. See, some of you right now, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Even though right now many of us are going through a struggle right now, you need to know, even though I fear no evil, even though he is with me, thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. You need to know that right now, even in the midst of your valley, even in the midst of your shadow, there's a comfort being brought to you. There is a great comforter being brought to you. Listen, I know the kind of people that we deal with here within Victory Outreach. Each and every one of us could easily have an hour to a two-hour show on Jerry Springer, each and every one of you. You could go on there and say, welcome so-and-so. Today we're going to talk about, uh, people go, Jerry, Jerry. And you're like, oh, my gosh, people are yelling at my life. Because some of you, your life is drama. Drama from your mama. Drama. And some of you, man, if you could tell your story, oh, man, this and that, I mean, it would be crazy, just crazy. Because really, it's a valley. Because you're able to share the lowest of the lows. That's what a valley is. It's the lowest of the lows. It's the lowest. It's like, man. And it's real easy to share all the, the valley battles. But see, even David realized, even though... I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the lowest of the lows, even though it seems like all hope is lost, I feel no evil. This guy can't intimidate me. He can't tell. He, he's just big. Oh, my, look at He's just too big to miss. Look, I got a little size. Got a perfect right there. This fits perfect. Look at it. It's the shape of his forehead. Look at that. Look. Fits perfect. See, some of you need to know that right now, the giant that you got right next to you, it's real small, but it's going to dwarf the giant in front of you. It's real small. It's just, little, it's just a rock. It's just a small rock. But I want to tell you something. That little rock can do a lot. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and then we're going to conclude right here. Look at this. Verse 45. We're going to read this story. Just look at this. Just read with me this story. David said to the Philistine, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. 
David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistines. Oh, I like that right there. Army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, I like that right there. All those who gathered here will know that this is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. Somebody say the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all into your hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell and he fell face down onto the ground. Verse 50, so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took a hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharon road of Gath and Ekron. Look at this, verse 53. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. He took the Philistines' weapons to his own tent. Now, I don't know about you. That's pretty crazy right there. Can you imagine a youngster coming back to your tent with a man's head Holding. He's holding a man's head. That's crazy. That's nuts. See, what I love about this story that was so good is that the Bible says that as he was there, he went and he struck the Philistine. And the Bible says that he struck the Philistine, but what happened? When he fell, he fell what? Face down. See, because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Including the enemies. They're all going to fall face down. Every single person. And so the Bible says, but this is what I like the best. The Bible says that David, I mean, can you imagine? Like you just killed a nine foot nine dude. I don't know about you, but that would get me pretty juiced. I mean, I get pretty juiced when I go on the football field and I just hit somebody pretty hard I'm like yeah I know I'm two feet taller than you but sit down son yeah I'm just kidding I don't do that to my son don't get mad (laughs) but you laugh because if you were to do the same thing you'd get excited too I mean for those of you that play football or anything like that you know that when you hit so or you do a good hit you're like yeah you just get pumped like what oh yeah it just there's an adrenaline that goes through you I mean I remember playing times playing football and you know I'm a small guy but you learn techniques and if you hit the person the right way at the right time just at the right moment you can lay someone flat on their back no matter how big they are why because you know the technique that's all it is that's all it takes you got to know momentum you got to know force timing you got to know all that stuff 
And so when you do it, I've been there plenty of times. Any football guys, you've ever done that before, you know what I'm talking about? You do that, you do, boom, you hit him, you're like, yeah. You, there's a juice that just flows through you. Imagine David, he didn't just knock him down with a shoulder. He knocked him down with a little sling, a little rock. Yeah, that's right, fool. What's up? What's up? I did that. You know, his voice hadn't hit puberty yet, so he probably talked like that. But when you get it, I mean, let's be honest, your adrenaline is pumping. Your adrenaline is like, yeah. Ooh, I just did that. Like, oh, yeah. Pumped. You ever seen those guys? Like, yeah. Imagine David. For 40 days and 40 nights, his camp, his country had been intimidated. They had been moved out of fear when they heard this guy's voice. They were supposed to lose. And here's David. His adrenaline is pumping. I just killed this dude. Yeah. What does he do? The Bible says he goes over to him. He takes his sword, cuts off his head, and then he goes after the armies of the Philistines. What does the Bible say? For the enemy comes to steal, kill, and See, some of you first, you need to do that before the enemy does that. That's what David did. What did he do? He took his sword, he cut off his head, and then he destroyed his enemies. See, the Bible says that that's what the enemy does, but David, he did it first. He says, no, 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 no. Before this even happens, see, some of you, the, the enemy, he stole a lot of time away from you. That's why when we ask you, hey, do you remember? I don't even remember. I was so high. I was so mad. I don't remember a thing. So when we, when we talk about your younger days, man, I don't remember. I was locked up in prison all my life. I don't remember. So, man, I was so drunk. I don't remember a thing. And so what did the enemy do to you? He robbed your time. He robbed time from your family. He, rob, he robbed time. Some of you, I mean, just some of the stories that the enemy, he stole from you. Some of you now, listen to me. Right now, it's time you got to take back what the enemy stole. See, you killed him with the pebble. He's down. But now to make sure that he never, ever comes back, take back what he stole from you. Take it back. Say, no, 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 no. This ain't ever happening again. Listen, I know and I understand that some of you, the enemy, he's robbed and he's put stripes and walls in between some of you families. And some of you, you ain't talked to your mom. You ain't talked to your dad. And the enemy figures, okay, as long as I ain't got you guys talking, then I've robbed you of the time. I've robbed you of the place. I've robbed you of the position that God holds high in high regards of a royal priesthood, of a royal family. Some of you right now, it's about time you got to start taking it back. You got to start taking it back. You got to take it. No, no, no. I'm taking back my son. No, that's my son. I don't care what anybody. No, no, no. That's my son. That's my daughter. Ain't nobody having my daughter. That's mine. Those are my children. Some of you right now, you need to start getting that adrenaline pumping back again on the battlefield for your children. Say, no, I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm going to fight for my son. I'm going to fight for my daughter. I'm going to fight for them. Some of you back again, you got to get it even for yourself. You need to fight inside of yourself. That you ain't fought for yourself in a long time. That's why you're so drained. You, you fight for everyone else, but you haven't fought for yourself. Some of you got to pick it up say, no, uh, that's not going to happen no more. I'm ready to fight. David took the sword. He cut off his head. And then he destroyed his enemies. Some of you got to take it back. Some of you got to take it back. 
See, whenever the, the word sword is always used in, in the Bible, many times in the Greek and the Hebrew, it's, it's, it's always used for words. The word, the sword. The tongue is like a sword, the Bible says. That's what this is. Some of you got to take it back. See, somebody asked me the other day, they said, just because I, I curse and I cuss doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. Okay, well, it's kind of, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's fine, it's up to you. But one thing that I've learned is that my tongue, I can cut you just with these simple things. I can, just simple things. Man, you're horrible. You're stupid. You're dumb. Honestly, probably those words are probably worse than any cuss words. So for those that think, well, I can, I can cuss, I can do that's, that's fine, but you need to know this. This sword can't even cut as deep as my tongue. It's very deep. It cuts hard. And so for those of you that, man, all you've done all your life, you, every other word was a four-letter word that came out of your mouth. Every, you talk to anybody and everybody that would come your way, the, man, boop, boop, boop. Probably that's why we can't remember your past because every word in your past was, wasn't hello. It was other things. But some of you now say, you know what? I'm ready to start cleaning up my sword. I'm ready to start cleaning this. I'm going to take it back. Take back what the enemy stole. Some of you used to, every time you had the opportunity, all you would do is just discourage people. Oh, you can't do that. They'll never make it. People will come to you excited. Hey, look at me. I got this so excited. That'll never work. Oh, look at I got a new job. <laughs> You'll get fired in a week. Because the sword. Just so used to it. Ah, it'll never happen. Some of you got to take it back. Say, no. Not only am I going to take this back, I'm going to kill the enemy. Make sure this never happens again. And so you know what? Not only am I going to kill him, I'm going to destroy him. And destroy all his enemies. There, there's an old saying, they say, kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. Some of you here today on the battlefield, some of you are just on the battlefield of discouragement. You get discouraged real easy. I say, no, pick yourself up. It's time to do it. Get back in the fight. Three last things and then I'm done right here. Well, on the battlefield, a lot of times the battlefield, you experience loneliness on the battlefield. The Bible says that David went and he went by himself. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was just him. Even some of you that are married, a lot of times you think, my husband can fight it for me. My wife can fight it for me. No, it's yours. It's your battle. It's what you have. And on the battlefield, it gets lonely. But the thing I also love about the battlefield is that on the battlefield, it allows you to learn what it is to trust God. To trust in God. Where you say, God, I have nothing else, no one else, all I have is you. Everyone else is up on that hill. That's all. They're up on that hill. They want to look good. They want to dress nice. They want to look like a soldier, but they want to act like a child. That's all they want to do. But God, I may not have much. I don't even dress all that well. Come to church in sandals. Now, I want to tell you right now, as your pastor, just to be honest, I, it doesn't matter to me how you dress. Don't, don't, don't take it like, I have to wear a tie or the pastor's going to rebuke me. 
I'm going to rebuke you if you don't go to heaven. Then I might get a little mad. But how you dress, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You want to come dress nice? I just dress nice because I like to. That's it. I don't want Justin Timberlake looking better than me. No way. I just like to dress nice. That's it. I just, no reason. I like to dress nice. That's it. Somebody the other day said, wow, you guys are, Victory Arch, you guys are old school with them ties. I said, well, do, so does that mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't move because I wear a tie? Does that mean that, you know, because I dress nice, that all of a sudden salvation and restoration and regeneration is not going to happen in my church because I wear a tie? No. It has nothing to do with that. It's a personal thing. If I like to wear I like to wear it. That's it. I won't wear a dress. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Dude looks like a lady. That's not going to happen. But all the battlefield gets lonely, but it also allows you to trust God. For you trust God, just you, it's just you and him, no one else. And also on the battlefield, it allows you to remember victories. Remember victories. See, we look at the battlefield of Goliath, but you need to know something. Before David had Goliath, he fought a bear and he fought a lion. I don't know about you, I've never fought a bear before. I ain't never fought a lion before. I get scared just going to the zoo and looking at them. So in other words, this young boy was not just an ordinary boy. He wasn't just an ordinary young guy. He wasn't just an ordinary person. He was very unique. And every single one of you here in this room, you need to know this. You're very unique. And you have unique battles. Have you ever been in a conversation with one person, they talk about, oh, yeah, I got into a fight, and, man, this guy hit me. And right away you're thinking in your mind, ooh, I can't wait to tell my story. Oh, man, I'm going to tell my story. You just wait, just like, let me get in, let me get in, like jump rope. Like, let me get in, let me get in. I want to tell my story because your story is, like, bigger and better. Ooh, you got hit by one person, I got hit by two people. And then another person's like, ooh, let me get in. I got hit by three people. I'm going to tell another story because those are those victories that many times, like, yeah, I survived, all right, I made it. Some of you right now, you need to start having some victories in the spirit. Some victories that you fought with God, with God on your side. Not the victories that you fought with alcohol on your side. Not the victories that you fought with, you know, smoking a joint on your side. Those aren't actually any victories at all, really. You need some victories where you say, man, I remember late night, man, arguing with my wife, going at it, and I thought divorce was imminent. It was going to happen, but all of a sudden, a peace came in our household out of nowhere. We started praying together, and man, we're still here. Divorce was trying to kill us, but I took it back. There ain't no divorce happening in my house. Where you have battles with God on your side. I remember with my son. He said, Dad, I hate you. Mom, I hate you. I'm leaving this house. And he took off. But I got on my knees. And I prayed for my son. And I prayed for my daughter. And they were out there doing their thing. And all of a sudden, with God on my side, he gave me a peace and a strength. And my son and my daughter, they're back to me now. There's a peace and a strength that I now have. 
You fought battles. Some of you there in the hall, listen to me. Listen to me. The guy next to you is not your enemy. He's your fellow soldier. You need to learn how to fight with him. The guy that you're in the room with, that you bunk with, he's not the person that gets on your nerves. He's the person that sharpens your iron. That's what he is. You guys are making memories in the home. I got memories of guys in the home that I was with, that I grew up in the home with. Some of them are great, and some of them, ah, I want to take this sword and drive it through their stomachs. Like, get over here. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm not going to do that. That's what I feel like. like. Get over here. The other day, I was reminiscing with Pastor Christian. He came in the home. I remember when, I remember when Pastor Darrell came in the home. Broken leg. His foot was like this. I'm not joking. It was like this. You could touch his foot and it would go like that. That's how he came in the home. Two days later, he's laying carpet with his knee. You know what that showed me? He was a soldier. Even from the day he became born again. Soldier. Some of you guys got to learn how to fight in the home. The stories that you guys have, yeah, we played dominoes. We were kicking it. I remember a lot of times been in the training center, we, you know, played dominoes, and man, I felt like socking the guy across from me because he kept getting on my nerves. Tell you one thing, he's one of my best friends now because I made memories, I made victories where God humbled me. God put me in my place. Some of you here, you're fighting battles. God's putting you in your place. Those aren't places of just, you know, kind of, oh, man, I, I didn't make it, I didn't do it. No, those are actually, that's a victory. Some of you were before, man, I would have just socked her. You didn't sock her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, before I would have just cussed her out. Amen. Praise the Lord. You didn't do that. Man, before I would have just got out of my car and I would have just let him have it. But you didn't. Amen. Praise the Lord. Small victories. Those are small victories. Those are good. Remember those things. Those are small things. Small little victories. Now, some of you guys need to stop doing, well, I would have done that. Okay, good. That was 10 years ago. No more of those. You need to start having some more victories. Where, man, I got out of my car, and not only did I get out of my car, I went over to him, and I laid hands on him, and I prayed for him, and he got saved. Victories. Victories with the Lord. Where you trust in God. Victories where some of you say, man, I've never tithed before in my life, and I stepped out in faith, and I tithed 10%. I've never done that, and God showed himself strong. Where you have victories now. Not the victories of where before, man, if I would have never did this. No, that's the old. Now some of you guys need some new victories. You need to start getting some new victories in your life. Saying, okay, God, I'm ready now. I've been battle tested. I'm soldier approved. I'm ready to go. Some of you now, you got to start picking up your sword and say, okay, I'm ready to fight the battle. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant, I will go and fight him. Some of you right now, you got to start getting a fight. Start, gotta, gotta start getting that adrenaline back in you. Even if you got to get a little sling, then just get the little sling and start waving the thing saying, okay, I'm just looking at the next giant. I just dare you to come my way. I dare you to come at my family. I'm just swinging this thing and swinging it and just start looking for a giant and the moment you look at a giant wham you kill him then you take his sword and say devil you will never have my family why because I'm ready I'm a child of God I'm a servant of God I've been anointed by God I've been appointed by God I've been constructed by God I am a man I am a woman that is ready to fight for what God has given me some of you right now you got to start fighting for what God has given you you got to get a fight inside of you something that deep inside that says God I'm ready to 
listen to me. You need to hear me real loud or real clear. When I talk about a fight, I'm not talking about a fight where you come on a Sunday morning and say, yay, I made it. Some of you need to take church on a Monday. Take it to your job. There's many people at your job, they don't even know you're saved. Starts, just start swinging it. Just start swinging it. Start swinging that sling. Start swinging that sling. Say, okay, I'm ready. Some of you on a Tuesday, man, okay, I'm ready. I got to do this thing. And that's, that may be a giant for you. Nobody knows that I'm saved, but I'm going to tell somebody. Boldness is starting to come around. Boldness is starting to come. Okay, here we go. Here, oh, man. I, your family, even some of you, your family, they don't even, even know you're saved. They just know you stopped drinking. Say, no, no, no. I didn't just stop drinking. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I'm ready to sling this thing. I'm ready to do this thing. And some of you, the enemy stole so much time from you. You got to take that thing back. Every day we're showing this movie, Passion of the Christ. Some of you used to be every day at the bar. Every day drinking that alcohol. Every day getting high. High in the morning. High in the noontime. And high in the evening. Even before you go to bed. One more puffed. I just got to have one more. Listen. Every day this week, some of you should be saying, every day I got to pray for one more soul. Every day I got to get another person into the kingdom of God. Every day I'm going to do my best. Why? Because I'm going to fight for what God has given me. So right now you got to get a fight in you. You got to get a fight back in you. Even if it's just a sling, just take the sling and start swinging it. Start swinging that sling. Start swinging that sling. The giant's coming. Don't worry. The giant's coming. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Be comforted that God is with you. God is with you. That's what David just kept saying. God is with me. God is with me. God is with God is on my side. God is on my side. Even though the enemy is trying to curse out his God, God is on my side. Even though the enemy says you can't make it, God is on my side. Even though the enemy says you'll never do it, God is on my side. God is with me. I trust in God. He's my redeemer. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my everything. God is on my side. God is on my side. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I'm telling you, trust Trust in him. That's what David did when he was on the battlefield. That's what David learned when he was in the shepherd field. And that's what David took all the way into the royal palace. God is on my side. Tell your neighbor, God is on my side. Come to the piano, AJ. We're going to conclude right here. Every head bowed and every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed. We want to remember the experiences and the victories that you had. Some of you, you need to start sharing your, your lion and your bear stories. But don't share them like an old man on a rocking chair. Share them like a veteran with experience with a sword in his hand ready to fight a battle. Share those stories about how you started a Bible study many years ago. People came from nowhere. And you're ready to fight and do that same thing again. I conquered a bear. I conquered a lion. And I love it when I hear stories of men and women that said, man, I had no education. But I graduated from vet theory. But I graduated from college. But I graduated from the home. But I graduated. You conquered. You conquered. 
With every head bowed and every hand closed. Some of you right now, God has you under construction. It's not easy. It's hurtful many times. But like I shared a few weeks ago, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. There's an anointing going on right now. There's something happening right now, right here, right now. God is anointing somebody to further the gospel in another country. God's anointing you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, the anointing of God. Stand with me here this, this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's doing something right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's feeling the, the call of God right now. You're, feel, you're feeling it come upon you right now like never before. It's heavy upon your heart. It's heavy upon the top of your head, and it's flowing down. There's a, there's a flowing going on. I, I can sense it. I can sense it. Somebody's embracing the call right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If this message is ministered to you, as they sing this song, I just want you to come to this altar. If that's you right now, if you this message ministered to you, I just want you to slip out of your seat right now. Come to this altar. And if that's you right now.